Hey listeners, welcome to this week's episode of True Calm. We're your hosts, Natalie, Carly, Taylor, and Davis. So last week we talked about interpersonal communication and sustaining romantic relationships. However, this week we wanted to ask what you guys wanted to hear. So today we're going to be talking about actually how to initiate those relationships. Before we dive in, let's give some insight on exactly what social penetration is and how it influences romantic relationships. So today we really want to stress the importance of how a high degree of attraction and the practice of self-disclosure and stages will positively influence your intimate relationships and how the social penetration theory really encompasses all of it. And I think some aspects that are super influential when it comes to pursuing a significant other include the demographic similarity, so physical and social characteristics that you have in common with one another. Uh, meaning whether you find them attractive and even if you don't even if you do find them attractive are they boring or is the conversation really fun and lively Um, I've talked to guys in the past who are definitely not tens but their personalities were really attractive and fun and that's what made me more excited to be around them and spend time with them Um, Also, background similarities, so commonalities in life experiences. This can range from trauma, like a parental divorce, to old family vacation spots. Essentially, it gives the relationships things to talk about and experiences to bond over, and you could even go as far as saying that these similarities give individuals the opportunity to grow with one another. Oh, for sure. Being in relatively close proximity with the person constitutes as another shared commonality. I think it's super fun um, if you guys both live in the same area and go to like a local diner that you both love and just, you know, kick back and get to know each other. You definitely get to share some fun memories in this familiar place that you can tell them about. And that in and of, in and of itself just really helps to develop trust in the relationship and just ease this process of revealing yourself to them. Absolutely. And I think the experiences like that and spending those time together um, definitely allow the attitude similarity to show itself. Um, and this is the perception of the attitudes, beliefs, and values that we hold in common. For example, people who are very reliant on their faith and religion have a harder time dating individuals who might be atheist or of a different religion. Um, or for a more personal example, would be how my relationship with my ex was rocky because our different ambitions and the habits that complemented them. Yeah, so basically when two people tell each other about their interests and likes that are similar in topic, this allows for social penetration and this process of revealing yourself to almost become natural. Finding these commonalities in a relationship just makes the development of your relationship that much easier. I feel like it's so important to remember that when you are getting to know someone, especially a romantic partner, that your conversation topics should start off in almost a light, probing type way just to try to really learn more about them. Proximity plays a large role in this because probing is definitely more natural in face-to-face communication as opposed to in online relationships. Yes, I love the fact that you acknowledge how face-to-face is the more appropriate way to have an intimate conversation because I've definitely experienced in the past talking to someone that I was interested in and literally while I was at brunch with my mom, they sent me this paragraph about what religion means to them and I just remember being like, whoa, there's a time and a place, buddy. I agree with you, Taylor. I feel like now that technology plays such a big role in everybody's life, people don't realize how important it is to talk about touchy subjects face-to-face. Text messages can't always portray the tone you wanted, and that's when miscommunication happens. No, you're absolutely right. People need to be able to recognize when it's appropriate to open up to their significant other or even just people that they might have an interest in. Funny you say that. I actually think self-disclosure is a really important topic in relationships, so everyone should know how to do it effectively. 
But don't let the name intimidate you. It literally just means sharing information about yourself to someone. If you want to kick off social penetration and move your tip of the iceberg conversation to a more deep and meaningful one, I advise listeners to begin with simple acts of self-disclosure. This can be telling your partner your favorite food, explaining why you love to travel, or sharing that you have a fear of the dark. Wait, I'm still kind of fuzzy on the whole social penetration theory. Can you go over it one more time? Yeah. A little while ago, I read an article by Amanda Carpenter and Katherine Green from Rutgers University. It was published in 2016, and I actually think the article was called Social Penetration Theory. Anyway, they summarized the theory best when they said it's a process of bonding that moves a relationship from superficial to more intimate. But I want to remind you guys that this bonding process will not happen overnight. It takes a lot of time and positive feedback for a partner to start opening up and sharing more about themselves, especially regarding personal or intimate feelings, so don't rush them. The best thing you can do to encourage their self-disclosure is showing active listening skills. Essentially, the more positive feedback you give your partner, the more comfortable they will feel opening up to you. Going on from that, a useful tool for showing how the social penetration theory operates is through the onion model by people essentially peeling back layers of others' personal information through interaction until they reach their core. Oh yeah, wait, isn't that kind of like what Taylor was saying, with there being like a time and place when to say this information about yourself? Exactly. And each of the layers, beginning with the outermost layer, being one's public image, consists of how someone would present themselves to people they may not know or they have never met. The next and the superficial layer regards kind of basic or shallow information about oneself, like their favorite band or their favorite sports team, and a school friend or a classmate would fall under this category. Starting to get deeper into the model though, the middle layer consists of people's political views or their attitudes towards different social problems. The next and second deepest layer is known as the inner layer. Any information that is disclosed here is usually towards someone's lifetime for, lifetime friends and consists of their goals, secrets, and their deepest fears. A person's core is their innermost layer and it consists of their most private information which is rarely ever disclosed to anyone besides their lifelong friends or loved ones. I also think it's really important for our listeners to remember that it's completely fine if these layers don't align with your personal preferences or relationships. I'm a super independent person and almost very closed off and often have a hard time opening up to people and that's totally okay. This model and its different layers can vary from person to person or relationship to relationship, especially depending on the type of relationship and the level of intimacy you're personally looking for. You're completely right, Taylor. Nobody has the exact same experience in a relationship. However, by finding similarities and practicing self-disclosure in stages like the onion model, you can progress your relationship from shallow to intimate. We love to hear if our listeners use the information we share in their own relationships. So let us know how these concepts apply to your life. As always to end this episode, we're gonna take a look at some questions from our live advice column. Natalie, would you like to start? Sure thing. So here I have a letter from Callie from Rhode Island and she says, Hi Truecom, about a month ago, I met this guy on Tinder. Our profiles were really similar and he seems really nice. I use the word seems because our relationship hasn't progressed much. We text during the day and sometimes call each other at night and talk about our days. However, because we talk so much, I know that we have a lot in common. We like the same food, go to the same bars, and both enjoy being outdoors. I'm scared of making the first move, but he hasn't made any initiative to ask me out yet. How should I handle the situation? Should I try to make plans with him or just wait for him to make the first move? Am I wasting my time maintaining this virtual relationship? 
Hey, Callie. Um, I think my first piece of advice is definitely going to be to stay away from Tinder. Um, I've been there, I've done that, and it is not worth it. But um, regarding your situation, I definitely think that you should take that leap and like offer to hang out with him, um, try to make some plans. You mentioned that you guys go to the same bar, so if you're both super social people, then I think it would be super fun for you guys to go out and like get a drink together um or if you both enjoy being outdoors like doing something like that could be a lot of fun um but essentially like this way you guys are still bonding but enjoying what you're doing and you're not coming off too strong um for a person like personally my boyfriend and I we started hanging out by going to the beach with a group of friends um it was super casual but it allowed us to hang out and get to know each other in a relaxed setting um and additionally, like this kind of introduces that proximity and similarity characteristic that we talked about earlier. So um, being in close distance with someone that you like and being able to bond over those similarities definitely helps when trying to grow a relationship. Um, and it allows you to have those face-to-face -face intimate conversations that we had talked about. Um, and it's just fun to do things with someone that you like. Um, but additionally, I do want to like note the fact that virtual relationships are harder to maintain just because it does lack that face-to-face -face communication and that's something that is almost like absolutely necessary in a relationship. Taylor made some awesome points and maybe do something that's new for both of you so you guys are pretty much forced to bond over this shared experience. I feel like that really puts you in a vulnerable, vulnerable spot so you guys both open up to each other. But no matter what we hope everything works out for the best. Taylor gave you some great advice and we really hope you use it. Good luck, Callie, and thanks for listening. All right, that's awesome. Thanks, guys. So our next letter we have is from Brad from Alabama who wrote, Hey, TrueCom, I recently met this girl at a party, and I'm really into her. She's a junior at my school studying business management, and she comes from a really big family in Georgia. She told me all about her siblings and her parents and how they were high school sweethearts and have been together ever since. I think she's really cool, and I almost think I'm falling for her. We've been going on dates for about a couple weeks now, but I'm afraid things are fizzling out. I opened up to her about my parents' divorce and how that has really taken a toll on my mental health and even my outlook on love, even though I've already confessed how real my feelings are and how I think I could be falling in love recently. Is there anything I can do to relight the spark we once had? Did I do something wrong? And how can I change for the next relationship I want to get into? Hey, Brad. Getting someone to essentially peel back layers of themselves isn't something that should be rushed and should come off more naturally over time. Some, some people just may take longer until they feel comfortable enough to share that private information, but that's totally alright. That doesn't mean you've done anything wrong, but like Taylor said earlier, there's always a time and place for everything. Davis is right. Brad, don't let your differences worry you. Similarity is only one type of way to grow a relationship, and you already have proximity on your side since you guys both live on campus together. And like Davis said earlier, focus on self-disclosure as a slow process and get to know each part of her. You may end up learning that you two are more similar than you think once you get to her middle and deeper layers, which are her beliefs, and just really show who she is as a person. And I mean, personally, my boyfriend and I are totally different when it comes to our public images. But once we took time to really know who we were and kind of like develop those uh, deeper like bonds and getting to know our beliefs, attitudes, and what we really valued, we found that we share a lot more in common than we thought. I think Natalie and Davis hit the nail on, nail on the head with this response. Um, I also wanna say that if this relationship is done, then that's okay, you can let it be done. Don't try to force the relationship or force anything, 
Um, some things just don't work out and that's completely okay. Some people just aren't meant for each other. Um, the most important part of any relationship we form, whether it's intimate or just a regular friendship, is that you learn something from it. And I think that something you can definitely take away from this is that it's possible to date people with different backgrounds than you. That's not like something that's uncommon, but there is a sort of caution that needs to be taken when opening up about certain aspects. Exactly. Um, I think it's really important that you do take into consideration, like Davis said, um, really utilizing those layers and just starting from the beginning and those um, less intimate topics when you first start initiating a relationship. Um, so, and you know, you can keep that in mind for even friendships too, not even just relationships. But that's all the time we have for now. So we wanted to take the time to thank Callie and Brad for writing into us. We hope you both learned something that you can apply to both of these relationships. We hope you'll join us for our next week's episode on knowing when to terminate your relationship. Have a good night.